Welcome to the Your Own Food Coach podcast. I am Pamela Kelly, registered dietitian and nutritionist in practice for over 25 years. We have created this podcast for you to have a conversation to explore the world of food, nutrition, health, and body image together. You've come to the right place. This is episode 10, The Zen of Cooking. In several episodes, we have talked about how to choose the diet that's best for you and your health, how to eat while respecting yourself and your body. We've talked about the gut, and we've talked about foods that's best for gut health. We've looked at different styles of eating and what might work best for you. In today's episode, we will talk about preparing meals at home, what the roadblocks are, and how to get through those blocks to accomplish eating and cooking in your own home. So in my office, as you probably know by now, I ask a lot of questions. And I'm going to ask you the same questions today. I want you to think about your life. Do you like to cook? Do you like to prepare meals? If so, why? Who taught you to cook? What are some of your favorite dishes to prepare? You might be surprised to hear that more likely than not, my clients tell me they don't know how to cook. Or they're afraid they won't like what they cook. They're concerned about wasting food. Sometimes my clients tell me that they're intimidated by those who do cook well. Maybe it's a mother-in-law or another family member. Or maybe they've watched the plethora of cooking shows that make it look so easy and end up with these amazing foods prepared. Not to mentioning all the dieting rules that have all of us confused about what's actually healthy. My clients tell me that if if they don't feel like they're cooking something really healthy, they shouldn't cook it, and healthy cooking just isn't fun. And if it's not healthy, maybe you shouldn't prepare it at all. Others tell me that their family is super picky, and nobody ever likes what's prepared. And so in order not to be a short-order cook, they give in to fast food, pizza, or food delivery services in order to keep the battleground clear. Last, some of my clients just don't know how or what to fix, and they don't even like to go to the grocery store. Let's break it down. One of the blunders I made early in my career, and I I hate to admit this, but it's true, I used to give cooking suggestions, recipes, great and elaborate grocery lists to just about everybody that came in my office. It wasn't until someone with their head down looked at me and said she'd never been to a grocery store. Now, you might be surprised by this, but a lot of people have not been to the grocery store. Not once had she been. Her parents both worked when she was a child and dinner came in a sack or from a freezer. So she just did the same thing. That was her norm. I realize that this is the truth for many people. And so I ask that question. It's not just a financial thing, although clearly we know that poverty affects the food choices and many people did not grow up with the privilege of living in a home where meals were prepared each night. We all know that this is an issue and it's being discussed greatly now in health communities. It's discussed in political circles and it's a big problem. So I'm not going to discuss food scarcity or, or privilege issues here, but we do know it's important. But also think about 
how it affects adults who just didn't have money as a kid to purchase healthy foods that are working and viable today and can do it, but they have absolutely no clue of what to do if they did get the food. How can you, or any client for that matter, go from being a non-cook or hate cooking to being a Zen cook? Well, you're going to have to be patient with me. I'm going to share some ideas about how to change your mind about cooking. Look, we all want a life that matters. I think we can agree we all want to be well. We want to be nourished. My tagline on my door is live it, love it, eat it. We want to be inspired. In order to change the relationship with your kitchen, you've got to agree you're stuck and you want to accept change. And that, my friends, means you have to be able to accept being uncomfortable with that change. And it might mean that you're standing in your kitchen being uncomfortable, at least in the beginning. Our own personal bias will affect our ability to move in a new direction, and it can be a big block. So I want you to think of a beginner's mind, and it'll really help you move into a new relationship with cooking and food. So I want to take us on an imaginary trip to the grocery store, because that's bar none, the number one issue that my folks tell me they have with cooking. I used to offer grocery store tours or safaris, and it can really be fun. So let's grab our imaginary cart and let's go into the grocery. And I want you to just walk through the store and I want you to just look at the bounty of food. Be curious. The idea here is not that I want you to fill your cart with food. I want you to go look around with a beginner's mind. Spend several minutes in the fresh food section. Then it's usually the first area you come to upon the arrival at any store. Pick up the asparagus, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Look at all the different types of mushrooms. Swiss chard. Look at the different type of bok choy. All the different types of greens. Some are in bins. Some are packaged. Some are in plastic bags. Some in boxes. You'll notice the expiration date on most of them. Notice the areas that hold the organic food. Which organic foods have you heard about? Remember, you've got a beginner's mind. You're not coming in with a bias or a judgment or talking about how you hate it. You're just going to explore. You're just being curious. Maybe you go ahead and pick up some apples or maybe a few bananas. Most of us are familiar with potatoes, Have you noticed the purple ones? Have you noticed how big some potatoes are, about the size of a football, while others are very small, about the size of an egg? Look at the sweet potatoes. You know what? This might be enough for one day. Go back to the grocery store, either in your mind or in the store, and explore all the new areas. Next time, look at all the different types of breads, the gluten-free, the whole grains, the seeded, the thin, the thick. Spend time in the dairy case and look at all the different milks, cheeses, yogurts, eggs, skim milk, whole milk, low-fat milk. Just look. Don't be overwhelmed. You're just being curious. If this step seems unnecessary to you, then skip it. Most of my clients find it incredibly rewarding to go through the grocery store without the pressure of feeling like they have to buy a lot 
and just look around. Even look and spy on other folks and see what's in their cart, too. On the inside aisles are the part of the store that most of us suggest you avoid. That's the Cokes and the chips and all the fast food, excuse me, the the packaged quick foods. You can go down that line if you want to, but the best part of the store is usually the outside. Now, we know that you can order your groceries online. You can have them picked up and you can have them delivered. But nothing will beat the experience of you navigating through the store just to see what's there. And then once you get that all figured out, you can go ahead and order online and have it delivered or pick it up at the corner. You also might want to look at the best day of the week to go, the best time of the day to go, and go when you're less frazzled and certainly eat first before you go. Find a store that fits you and have it delivered if you want to. But again, give yourself this experience. It's going to help you lead into the Zen cook that I know you are. Now, next, I want you to look at cookbooks, hard copy or online. Either way is fine. Not cooking shows, which can be intimidating, but I want you to look at pictures of food with the ingredients and the directions. I want you to imagine the taste and the textures of the foods being combined together. Think about the foods that you like. What do you enjoy? What seasonings do you like? Do you like soups or casseroles? Again, a beginner's mind. I want you to think about what gives you pleasure in the kitchen with food. Consider meals that you might have had in the past that you really enjoyed. My mom made the best fried chicken and my dad made fabulous spaghetti. I think about them when I try to prepare these foods. They were so expert at it. It makes me miss them and it allows me to honor them at the same time. What foods might you have that you could prepare in honor of someone from your past? Next, contemplate the preparation of your food. Like so many of my clients, cooking is hard or near impossible. You've got to start with something very easy. You don't have to be a chef to prepare nourishment. You can do your best with whatever you have available. And that could be leftovers from the restaurant you went to last night. It might mean that you picked up a cooked roasted chicken from the grocery store and that you added a side salad and maybe some green beans. Or maybe you picked up some of those purple potatoes I mentioned that you saw in the store. Whatever we eat is an offering. Let me say that again. Whatever we eat is an offering. The next step. Set your table. Even if it's a TV tray, the preparation for your offering of the nourishment is the key. Get your plate, set your silverware out, get your napkin ready. And if you're using a paper napkin, that's fine too. Just fold it and set it by your plate. It can be so simple, or you could make an elaborate, beautiful table. It's up to you. But it's the metaphor for the preparation of your meal that's important. Even if you take that fast food out of the bag and set it in your dining area, you will sense a shift. We never know what will arise. My clients have shared with me that this one experience alone 
made them feel like a guest in their own home. Some tell me they felt sort of lonely the first time they set a table by themselves, and others said they felt like it was the beginning of a new relationship with food, and that eating became a special inner connection to self. That's what I'm hoping. Another step in the process of Zen eating is the cleanup. I had a couple come in that were really at odds with each other. One was the cook and the other was the cleanup. And so the cook made the mess and the spouse, I'm not going to tell you which was, (laughs) the spouse really hated the cleanup because of all the mess. So they decided not to cook at all because they got in fights. I want you to think up of cleanup as part of the whole process. After we chose our food, after we set the table, after you find of choosing what feels right to you and your body and you've eaten your meal, it's time to clear it up and thank the entire process. Cleaning up could be a touchy issue, but cleaning up if you do it shared together rather than a chore can add more to your day other than just another task to be done and add more exhaustion. The actual use of water and soap to wash the dish can be part of the whole experience and then it's on to the next thing. What a satisfying way to have an eating experience and then to let it go with a clean kitchen. You might think that sounds crazy and I know you can't do it every time you eat, but pick a day. Pick an eating experience that you can have where you can have the experience of setting the table, consuming the food, finishing it, and cleaning up. One more thing. A client mentioned this to me the other day about the best time for her to have the experience was to do a breakfast together. And it ended up being the best meal of the day. If you're too overwhelmed right now to try fixing dinner, How about getting up 30 minutes earlier and making a Zen breakfast? It's the same thing. Set the table, prepare the food, sit down with a beginner's mind, look at the food with gratitude, whether it's in a box of cereal or a beautifully prepared omelet. Eat it slowly, be grateful for the nourishment, and clean everything up. The beginning, the middle, the end. This concludes our episode today. Thank you so much for joining us for the Your Own Food Coach podcast. We're all in search of answers, but maybe it's the questions we need to consider, or maybe we're just not asking the right questions. If this podcast brought up questions for you, I encourage you to talk to family, friends, a therapist, or, or talk to me. I offer virtual coaching sessions and have worked alongside people from all over the world. Please share this podcast and subscribe, and we welcome your comments. A special thank you to my producer, Brian Strickland, and my brand manager, Malia Smith. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. The information presented on this podcast is for the enjoyment of all listeners. It is not intended as either medical or medical nutrition advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical nutrition therapy, or treatment. Contact a healthcare professional if you are experiencing problems that seem health-related. 
please contact 911 if you are having an emergency.